Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Coaching and Consulting Insight Series on the Success Insight Podcast. This series introduces you to coaches and consultants who work with leaders, entrepreneurs, business owners, and professionals to create their best lives and achieve and perform at their full potential. Our guest today is Jamar Washington. Jamar is a motivational speaker, a lifestyle coach, corporate trainer, and founder of I Won't Starve Academy. He's also a peer of mine from the Southern Nevada chapter of the International Coach Federation. Jamar, I'm very excited to my first official guest from the ICF chapter here on the podcast. Welcome. Oh, I'm the first. You're the first. I didn't know that, man. Wow, this is really going to be special. Thanks for having me. Oh, my pleasure. I've been when they first put out the notice last year about they were going to start the, the Southern Nevada chapter, I was like, I'm all in. I live in Nevada. It's nice to uh, get together and chat, learn, break bread with your fellow coaches. And everybody's asking, well, what can you do? I said, well, I have a podcast. I'd love to have you on for some interviews. I, by the way, I don't think this counts as that episode, by the way. So you and I will be doing this one more time. But I said, let me interview all the members and. You and I just exchanged a uh, card. You had the digital card. I think I still had the physical card at the one of the events. So here you are. Yeah, definitely. It's It's been good. I, I'm surprised that none of them jumped. So now we get it started. Nobody wants to be the first. So I'm fine. I'm happy with being the first. And then that'll get everybody to come back on. So there you go. There you go. So I don't know, like very curious. Uh, one, how long have you been in Las Vegas? Two years, going on two and a half years now. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, where were you prior to Las Vegas? I was in Columbia, South Carolina. Okay. And what brought you here and starting up a, well, actually you hadn't, you've had this, your coaching practice uh, for a while. Yeah. Yeah. I've been coaching since 2017. Okay. Yeah. And so what got me over here, of course, the pandemic, I'm also a four-time author. And so during the pandemic, I, I wrote a book, well, right before going into it called you won't starve. Key principles of entrepreneurial development. It was like the part two to my first book, I won't starve, and which was about me. And it's a training manual. Um, and the key principles was how I was able to make it from eight dollars an hour, working for eight dollars an hour, a little over ten years ago now, to being a six-figure earner as a photographer. And then I became a coach in the middle of that situation. And how that happened was I was um, doing work with the government, and I found. Um, that they were having trouble in the city of Columbia at the time with their supply diversity quotas. Mm-hmm. And because I made a great relationship with them, I was able to start to bring in other minority contractors and um, I would help and start coaching them. I was doing it at first for free, but then it became a thing. And then that's when I, after that, I said, okay, I got to get certified, really take it seriously. And it's been fun ever since. Okay. Now, where did you uh, get, get your training? The, let me see, where, where did I go get my certification from? Um, nobody ever asked me that in a while. The, um, <laughs> I'll get back to you on that. Let me okay, see. no worries. No, no worries. No, but, no, no. I'm going to tell you in a minute. All right. I'm looking at my emails. They keep emailing me for my next certification. <laughs> there you go. Well, it's fun. Yeah, there's, I'm on a, uh, the distribution list. We, uh, for, I went to Fielding Graduate University and, uh, it's nice to stay in touch. I do miss the camaraderie of learning with other coaches. And what was the, what was the best part of the, the coaching profession, the training, the development that was there like 
you know oh. what you're going to get out of this or? Oh, I had an amazing time in my coaching training and I'm still in contact with my, um, my instructor. She, she's out of Denver, Colorado. She was just amazing. She wasn't afraid to tell me about myself. Okay. So, me being who I was, because again, as an artist, it's very hard with artists and entrepreneurs being an entrepreneur. It's like, we, if we're successful, we can earn a lot of money and we kind of know what we know. But she was just telling me, one thing I, I always remember about her teaching me is like, stop telling people what to do as a coach. Okay. Help them to figure out what they should be doing. And okay. I appreciated that. I really did. I was always, when you're an artist, you kind of know what you know. And nobody can't tell you anything. You, we can have a conversation about what I do, but you can't tell me how to do what I do. And she was able to, to help me. And that was phenomenal. So we keep in contact on LinkedIn. And she's always, when she see me um, having any milestones, she chimes in and vice versa. But yeah, it was, it was, it was fun. That was great. And how does the, the training and learning, and it is an art, or, and it kind of developed that muscle of, letting people arrive at what they need and you're just helping to facilitate it. What, what is the outcome today of how you're using your coaching? Oh man. So it's phenomenal because I coach full time. So my business structure is set up where I do um, coaching with a lot of business accelerators across the country. Okay. okay. Right now I am coaching in Southern California, Chicago, um, Minnesota, Philly, New Jersey area, and also in South Carolina. And okay. so as, the, as, and I also teach as well. So I train in different parts of the country where you have business owners from half a million dollars or less to startups. And then I coach them as well. So the contracts, how we set it up in my company is some of them I'm facilitating and training and some of them I'm just coaching. So it just all depends on how it is, but how, how my training helps. I mean, I've been able to get real live experience. So I'll catch myself because mm -hmm. I still get to that point where I'll, because if somebody's brand new to business and they're like so social media heavy, oh, they said to do this and, they, and you can hear it in them. And I know the business. So I'm like, no, that's not wrong. That's wrong. And I say, how can I do that better? Okay. How can I get them to see that is incorrect? How can I guide them in the right direction? Then sometimes just understanding that it might not get, these people might not get and mm -hmm. back off of it. Say, hey, or I might not be the right person for them because I don't have the right temperament or things of that nature. So it's been good because it's hard. People paying you, you want everything to work. Mm -hmm. But sometimes it doesn't. It doesn't work. Sometimes you're not the coach for um, that person or they're not the client for you. I would always be feel a way about that prior to me getting coached, I mean, getting training. And so mm -hmm. that's been Okay. With the types of clients in the, in these accelerators, what are their what struggles do they have to to take this idea? And maybe it's not a fully fleshed out idea, but how do they take this spark, this seed, and how do you help them kind of germinate that seed and grow it and nurture it so that they Maybe they're, they can't be fully on their own and they, they continue to need help, but that they have what they need to get started and, and they can start to see the fruits of that labor. Oh, yeah. So when, before I answer that question, it's the Center for Coaching and Certification. That's where I oh, got my. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah, I had to make sure I got that for you. And they need to know that that definitely he has a real certification. 
I will put the back link to the uh, the website in the show. Yeah, now. yeah. Go ahead to that. And I'm, of course, a member of ICF. So, but um, for me, first things first, and I this was, uh, I think, is a, a gift of mine, is I care. I really do care because individuals, I didn't have people coaching me when I started in business. I started business very, very young. If you look at my story, my backstory, I had to kind of do business because I didn't have the opportunity to do um, regular, go to get a regular job. And so back in those days, 20 plus years ago, it wasn't just before Facebook, before all this other stuff. Like I was looked upon as a crazy person. Mm. And a lot of entrepreneurs are looked upon as a crazy person. And so people wanted to run away from me. Like you're doing that. Oh, get out of here. Get away until it, you actually see something of come from that. And so no one coaches you in that space. So for me, I'm like, listen, let me cut through the chase sometime and just give you what you actually need because I know you're hurting. Like literally just yesterday on a coaching call, a young lady, she wanted, we were working on a class, but I saw that she was hurting. She was going through something. She was at that point where I can quit this business. So I got off of the script and got right to what she needed. She needed a win yesterday. Mm -hmm. I went ahead on and said, okay, listen, I got a client. I got people I work with in your area. Let me go ahead and give you some information, give you some numbers, give you some people to talk to. And that helped her out. She started crying and she was happy because she said nobody would help me. She said, I was concerned about taking on this call because I didn't expect to get any help either. Mm -hmm. And I said, no, forget all of this stuff. Let me help you. And that's what a lot of people, we stick to just, okay, this is the script. We're going to talk to them. Because some people actually have, oh, this is the script. It's first call, we're going to have these questions. Second call, we're going to have these questions. And no, I'm not doing that. I want to know who you are, and I want results. And the best way to, to continue keeping people coming is for them to get results from you. Mm -hmm. Not in front of the mill situation, because I don't believe it's a um, one-size-fit-all approach to coaching. Mm -hmm. You know, it's interesting. And what you're sharing resonates for me. And because I think most coaches, yeah, I think I'd be fairly, I'm certain of this. So I'm very confident. Most coaches do not know how to run a business. They exactly. don't know how to grow their business, how to be successful, how to cultivate clients. And then because of that, there's a lot of people out there want to sell you their individual programs. Yeah. And they're very costly. You can have all the lead magnets in the world, but you want to, you want the program? Well, that's a lot of money and coaches, they don't have that kind of money. So you, you, if somebody, an entrepreneur needs help, sometimes we got to deviate from the ICF coaching model. I shouldn't say that I'm working towards my PCC, but, <laughs> uh, and I will share, I did not pass it the first time. So that's, but we'll get, that's a whole other story. Yeah. Uh, but sometimes we just need help. We, yeah. just, we just need that. You have a goal. I can help you. I can help you achieve that goal. That, that's what got me successful as a coach. Because mm -hmm. when we, when my coaching program, we, we definitely keep track. You know, I keep track of um, sessions. And then also my participants get a chance to keep track of sessions as well. So right. it's documented how, what, what happened with them in that time frame, how it helped things of that nature, and it's transparent. So the people who are booking us, because usually they're not paying me. I already figured that out. The people who I wanted to help, they don't have a budget. Right. They're new entrepreneurs. So 
I'm going B to B. Of course, there will be B as well, but I'm going to B to G, big B to bigger B, <laughs> that type of situation. So if instead of me trying to worry about getting a coaching client one-on-one here, I'll probably book 25 at a time. Right. And so the overarching company is paying me an invoice and I'm working with you. So this takes away all of the barriers. I They're love not, that. Oh, I paid him three, $400 an hour. And, and now it's pressure. There's no pressure. We're going to go ahead and work and I can actually help you get the, 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 what you need to get because we're not that part. That barrier is gone. So then it's like, again, I know that you're doing all the stuff there because you, okay. Everybody comes to me. Oh, well, I got an LLC. I'm about to move to an S corp. I'm like, how much money you made last year? Oh, I made about $40,000. I'm like, why? I said, you still work a job. I'm like, okay. I like, do you own a house? No, I just got a, I like, so why do you even go to an LLC? I like, it's okay to be a sole proprietor at one point and move on. And like, well, that's not what everybody said. I should be this. And I'm like, people are just doing things. Right. You're surprised. And I'm like, do you know why you're doing what you're doing? And so it's hard for me, even though I'm a coach, I'm a, I'm an entrepreneur first. And I've mm-hmm. been that before I became a coach. I've been that before I even became an artist. And so that's what made me successful because I always approached the business first and right. then second. So I'm able to tell them more than just running down the script. Right. right. I'm not saying that coaches is not successful coaches because there's a lot of Michael Jordan's coach could never do what he can. But right. that didn't mean he couldn't bring the best out of them. Right. But I still believe that entrepreneurship is harder than playing basketball in the NBA. <laughs> It, it it is rough. It's a it could be a lonely existence, but we do need people like you, me, our peers in the Southern Nevada chapter to be there to be supportive and help people grow. Because if not, it's a lonely existence, and we get frustrated if yeah. we, if we're not making the numbers we hope to make. So I, I have to ask you about being the artist and the photographer. What type of photography are we talking about? Oh, I did corporate and commercial. So I've worked with Nike, worked with Save the Children Foundation, WNBA, Asia Wilson, that's the best player on it. But saying I was shooting her when she was in high school. Okay. And I actually did her first Nike shoot and um I did a bunch of stuff with her and then went on to other people because of her. I've worked with the NFL. I was at I shot the Super Bowl, the last Super Bowl the 49ers was in four years ago. So yeah, it was, I've been I did that. And again, I approached it business-wise. So at first, I didn't have any money but a camera, and I took pictures of anybody who was standing still long enough. But once I figured out what I wanted to do, the approach was different. And so mm-hmm. I said, okay, one thing, I'm, I'm a big-time family guy, so I love my kids. I wanted to spend time with my children. It was a whole lot smaller at that time. My son was actually a baby. My daughter was maybe four or five at the time. So I'm like, I got to be home for them. Corporate has to work. Mm-hmm. And so I went at the law firm. We had a big law school right in the middle of our town. It was only 150,000 people in the town and 400 law firms. I targeted law firms. Mm-hmm. Well, in the next three or four years, I started shooting some of the biggest law firms in the Southeast. And I was able to do amazing work. Then I started working with the government because one of the law firms was the actual law firm that the, lawyer, that the um, mayor at the time worked at. <laughs> And so once I shot him, it was like, oh, okay. So now the city wanted to work with me. And then I got certified to do business with the government. So I did business with the airports, DOT, SBA, everybody. So that was my claim to fame from there. And um, so it was, it was a phenomenal ride as a photographer. 
I mean, I got flown all over the country to do events and things of that nature. So it was a, it was a great look. And I, I made a lot of money, very successful with that. But the pandemic kind of shut a lot of things down. Right. Nobody, corporate people wasn't taking pictures. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. We don't need the... Uh, I got out to Vegas for a week in March, took the uh, photo ID. And then as I was going to the airport, my, my team leader for the coaching project I was on said, Howard, you can't come back. So I literally had the cab driver turn around. She was waiting out in the front, in the front of the circular drive. Here's your PC, your power cord. We'll, we'll see you when we see you. So it, it COVID did a number on everybody. So, so what was the, I'm curious, what was the aha moment for you when you decided to go into, go through coach training? What was that aha moment for you? Oh man, because like I said, once COVID happened, um, my book was right there because I was going to hold it. I wasn't going to put it out. And I said, all right, I got to push the button on this. And I remember doing a market research training, which I still do now. I did it virtually. I had a Facebook group that I created called the I Won't Starve Nation. Mm -hmm. And I did that for, for that group. It was amazing. Everybody jumped on and then I released pre-orders for my book. And Everybody, I sold, that's the biggest book I sold to date. I've sold about 7,000, more than 7,000 copies of that one book. Mm -hmm. And um, it was just, it just went nuts. And people started reaching out to me for training, coaching, and everything. And I was doing it sparingly prior to that, but it wasn't my push because I was making a lot of money as a photographer. And I would always be gone. And then I had my first book out. So now I'm going around doing talks and things of that nature. But I would have a keep a client or two. That was it. It wasn't nothing else for me to do. And I said, what do I want to you know, lead with? And the coaching was the thing. You know, my wife always said, you're going to coach even whether you get paid or not. You always <laughs> go to my and tell people how, how to do things and things like that. Because again, no one told me. Everybody right. ran away from me. And so once I made the decision, I said, All right, I got to be taken seriously. So we got to go ahead and train um, get some certification. And that's when I went ahead on and got certified. Got certified as a coach, got certified as a trainer, got certified to train trainers. So I was dead serious about making sure that the credentials lined up with what my skill set was. Okay, fair enough. Now, you you briefly name-dropped the I Won't Starve Academy, and your, your, your branding is on your, your hat there, and this video is on, so the video is going to be up on YouTube. What is the I Won't Starve Academy? Oh man, that's my baby. That's uh, it's a five hundred one c three now, but okay. I had to take it back. So when I left, I left my job. The job I said I worked for eight thousand hours. I was working at the Hampton Inn in Columbia, South Carolina, and um, everybody said to me because again, I, and to be perfectly honest, I was a felon. I became a felon when I was in college. Okay, never been in trouble since, but I became a felon in college. So I knew I wasn't. I went my last three years of college facing time in prison. I didn't have to go away but I still had the felony on my jacket. So here I am, actually a great student, graduated with 3.6, 3.7 GPA, couldn't get a job. So I'm right into full-time entrepreneurship. And now trying to figure this thing out, I got out of South Carolina, went to DC. My wife from DC, we got married. We um, were living a life. I had a nice size cleaning business, making multiple six figures, doing that. She was working on Capitol Hill. 2010 come around, she loses her Capitol Hill job. Hmm. The world's going, because we're coming off of the in-between 08, 2012 thing. So that thing is right. like, her company's 
let them know, hey, we're shutting down in about 60 days. You guys are out of here in 30 days. Hey, all right, we got to figure this out. Sell the company. My condo's worth, I paid about quarter million dollars for the condo's worth about 160000 at that time because <laughs> it's a real estate market. So mm -hmm. we're just in a bad, in bad shape. Brand new baby, my daughter. Okay, we're going back to South Carolina. Mm -hmm. Well, South Carolina is still a little bit farther behind than Washington, D.C. area. So it's mm -hmm. like, you're still a felon. All right, it's been years now. Been out of school, haven't done anything wrong. What are we talking about? So all I was able to do was take an $8 an hour job. Mm -hmm. When I left that job, everybody said I was crazy. And so my response to them was, I won't stop. Mm -hmm. Because I, I had already been successful before. So I started realizing that I can do this again. And I had already pulled out the camera. I was shooting on the side. I got an office space. And that was my mantra. And so everything I did, I hashtagged it. Hashtag I won't stop. When I got the, every big, big shoot I got, I hashtagged it. And so it became this brand. It, I, I um, trademarked the hashtag. So we own the hashtag. And in that time in 2017, we created an event called the I Won't Starve Experience. And that's how we started to partner with the, the government. We brought them in as partners and we were able to bring in minority business contractors and get them on the road to being certified. I had a partnership with banks, local schools, everything to come in there to give them resources. And from that point on, it's just, we've been, and we still have been doing it. We became a 501c3 in um, 2020. Mm -hmm. And been knocking it out the park ever since as far as helping out um, our community. So we do, of course, the I Won't Star Experience is still something that we do, an event we do annually. And we have a self-employment summit that we're going to be bringing to Vegas um, next year. We're not going to do it here this year. We're going to bring it to Vegas next year, which we help young kids get an opportunity to learn about trades. Because everybody want to be entrepreneurs. I'm like, everybody's not built to be that, but you can work for yourself or be self-employed mm -hmm. and so work on that. And then we also have our own business accelerator as well called Fast Track. Um, and now we're working with African-American young men um, to teach them about business. And it's a 10-week accelerator that we do as well. Okay. Now, I noticed on the, the Academy page, you have a lot of different offerings within the academy. What are, are some of those that you can share with, with our listeners? Which ones did you see? Because <laughs> I can anything that's on the page. You go... Oh, you're going to make me go look. So I do all my homework here. Between my, between my team, because it's not just me. So Okay, between... so I got it. So you got the classes and conference, so I won't start experience, self-employment uh -huh. summit, the entrepreneur development course. Yeah, so that was brought off of, and that's kind of like me and the workshop. I mean, me and the, the nonprofit, but that is built off of my own book, You Won't Starve, Key Principles of Entrepreneurial Development. Okay. Um, I teach that um, You Won't Starve, the, the Entrepreneurial Development Workshop, this, as well as stuff that's in the book, but the book is broken down a little deeper. And I have three different um, generations. I have Gen Z, millennials, and baby boomers. We went deep. Because those are the three biggest generations that's in the workforce. And so all of them would make the transition to entrepreneurship differently. And so we talked about it in depth, how each generation can go into being a full-time full entrepreneurs in that space. But the workshop I've been doing for years, um, teaching individuals my five key principles of how to be an entrepreneur. And it's talking about hustling while you work, uh, market research, doing business on your own level. Networking, which is something I call being the cheese, 
I was able to be successful and go from making eight thousand an hour again hustling while I was working. I was shooting the whole time um, while I was working to leaving, and I started where I was. I did my market research, as I said. I found out that I wanted to go ahead and work with the lawyers. I knew there was a need there, mm-hmm. and they were going to not down to not just the finances, but knowing that they were going to not going to have me out twelve one o'clock in the morning. I was going. I was home. And I was always home in time to pick up my kids from school. Mm-hmm. I was always you know, able to be with my kids during that. So that I picked those people on, on purpose. I, I realized I can go ahead and not have $50,000 to start a business and still be able to start making a good amount of money. So doing business on my own level. I network differently than other people. I always tell people, my form of networking is where I put myself in a room where individ- everybody in that room is my potential customer or client. Nobody's my competition. And when I'm networking, like I'm with the, the ICF to learn and to grow and to make great relationships, but I would never network there with other coaches. <laughs> you know, I'm going to go into a place where everybody potentially need a coach. Right. And then strategic partnerships, as you can see on my personal website, as well as my, my own nonprofit website, I have nothing but partners and it's, and I teach partnership is not a marriage, but um, we partner with individuals to get things done. We get, re, we get a lot of, of things done when you're not trying to do it on your own. Have um, resources that you need and you have resources that other people need. So I teach people, hey, find those people that have the same those resources that you don't have and go ahead and get to where you got to get to. You raise a, a, a point because as I was looking at the site and I'm looking at it right now, you have a lot of partners that have been involved in your, in this business, the, uh, the I Won't Starve. And how do you go about cultivating those partners? And bringing them oh, on man. board. Well, I always like to say you go in from a position of strength. Work with banks. Well, a lot of people are nervous to work with a bank, but banks need you too. Yeah. <laughs> and so I do something called you do know, reverse SWOT analysis. So, right, we always tell them doing SWOT analysis is for you. But how about I do a SWOT analysis on my potential partners? Mm-hmm. What are their strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats? And then I start pairing it with my strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. So do you, is your strength something that I'm weak at? Is, am, I, am I strong at something you're weak? Do we have the same opportunities? Do we have the same threats? When we start, when those things start to line up, those are good partners. And then I go ahead and pitch. But a lot of times people go to those, these people with their hand out. I have my hand out, but it's something in it, extending it to give you something. So when I met up with certain banks, I understood that banks have quotas as well. They have to give to certain communities and they don't want to come around, come from around that thing with their three piece suit on and go out to the community. <laughs> so I can do that for you. We have a staff. We can take care of that for you for doing so. We can go ahead and we'll need this type of help. When we started the I Won't Starve experience. I didn't ask the bank for anything. I knew that I didn't have the financial resources and the, and the information that these um, potential business owners needed. Mm-hmm. And so I, them to come for free that got them because everybody goes to a bank with something come for free we fed them <laughs> we brought them on a saturday morning but they didn't have to wear their three-piece suit i didn't want them to wear their three-piece suit because i didn't want the people to be nervous everybody yeah. dressed nicely you can spill mustard on your shirt just like the regular person <laughs> <laughs> but what i was able to do is is that we had 100 people or more than 100 people in the room and a good portion of them signed up for bank accounts right so if I can get you 40, 50 bank accounts in a day, you should hire me. Right. But I don't want to work for you. I just take $10,000 for this next event. 
And they're, they're happy to do that because they'll pay for that for a tape to be at certain function. So right. those types of things that made sense, same with the city. I remember we had a five, in that city, we had a 5% of supply diversity quota. Now we have 15 and I'm part of that. So 15% of the money that's generated um, through city contracts have to go to um, minority contractors. And sure. I'm getting that up to that point from 15, I mean, from five to 15. So, and I'm still contracted with them to this day. It's, it's something that I'm proud of, but these partnerships is about, you got to add value and you got to right. know where you add value for other people. A lot of times people are trying to partner with people who can add value to them. We always approach with the value that we can add to these part these potential partners. And we know by doing the research, we know what you need. We know what you're looking for. I understand when the city gets their money and when their budget comes out. I understand when federal government gets their budget, when their budget come out. So I'm, we're going in attacking six months before you get your budget. Right. So there's no question whether or not we can get put into your, your budget for the next quarter, for the next year. Okay. Very so, good. And those things. Yeah. So I'm curious, um, given the work that you've been doing, the, 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 I won't starve Academy and especially the, 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 the baby boomers, the millennials, the Gen Z going through your program. When do you know they've got it and how, how is the, how does that show up when somebody all of a sudden gets it and they, they're in a rhythm? Oh my God. That's a phenomenal question. For, for me, I, I can't get rid of, it. <laughs> <laughs> I can't get rid of, it. but that's what's supposed to happen. That is what's supposed to happen. It's a, because this thing is a fire that you obviously have in you. And I'm just supposed to be the lighter flow because you can't motivate someone else. They have to be, that's an internal thing. They have to have a fire. And when I go ahead and give you that, that fluid, it should ignite. And when you see that, you can't get rid of them. And it's a good way. I, I look forward to having the conversations. I'm seeing the emails and they're letting me know, coach, this is what I'm doing. This is what I did. And they're on it. The ones who start to fade away or run, and a lot of them just literally run from entrepreneurship. I think I probably scared some people with it. But I'm honest. All my books, except for one, it's about entrepreneurship. But I'm honest because it's been hell for me to get to this point. It has been because it's very long. And my last book I just put out um, at the end of 2022 um, is called um, Business Corner, What's Really Needed to Survive the Entrepreneurial Fight. And it's a book about coaching. Mm -hmm. Who's in your corner? And I didn't have that. I didn't have someone in my corner. And that's one of the reasons why I feel like it's a calling for me to be in other individuals' corner. I went through every single um, track that you can go. I didn't skip a pothole. I didn't do anything. I don't know how business-wise I'm still here because I went through every single thing. Nope. I tell people how to get fun funding. I was doing stuff with cash. I didn't have good credit until I met a friend who I didn't even realize she was a millionaire, but we were serving on a, a political campaign and we got a chance to talk for like a whole day on election day. We're out passing out, talking to people, giving them you know, water and talking and we're talking, but we became friends. And it took about a year later for me to realize that she was a millionaire. And we went out to lunch and I went to go pay for something with my debit card. She said, why don't you, why don't you use your credit card? I don't have credit cards. What are you talking about? I don't, I don't like credit cards. And she actually explained to me 
why a credit card was good, I didn't know. This was literally about seven years ago. So it wasn't like it was a long time ago. Right. And so, oh, okay. But nobody, I've been around people with 800 credit, never tell me. They'll just tell me how bad my credit was. So yeah. I don't do that to people. I'm going to make sure that you get it and you understand. And people are talking to individuals, oh, go get a million dollars. Well, you don't need a million dollars. You never had a million dollars. If your life is in shambles, you don't even do nothing but fix it. Fix everything that you thought that was wrong with your life. And then by the time you got 200000 now you want to do business. <laughs> but by that time, you three payments late, now you're in trouble. Right. So I, I always work with them and say, okay, you can start right where you are. I talk to them about how to get money uh, from alternative lenders, factoring companies, the people that just do it, that you're using your, um, you know, doing your taxes with QuickBooks, things like that. And they, they, give, they give you money. Working capital things that don't offer they don't go off a credit check. I teach those types of things in my coaching sessions, so it's not just me listening to you like I'm a psychiatrist and then um, mirroring you with questions just to use the technique. Sometimes right. they come up off of that and really help somebody and turn and turn the corner. I love it. I love it. And you said something uh, a few minutes ago too about it, we've also shared overall the loneliness of being an entrepreneur and. I love the fact that you are a part of, maybe it's not Team Jamar Washington, because you have to have a team, but mm -hmm. your clients, the folks you're helping, they need to have a team and you're a part of their team. Yeah, I am, definitely. Right. I love that. I love that. Jamar, it's been a great conversation. I'm excited our uh, our, our com what we're, we're sharing today and our continued participation with the uh, Southern Nevada chapter of the ICF. I know you're going to be hosting a uh, kind of a uh, the book club. Yeah, I'm looking forward. To it. I'm a big time reader. I got uh, one of my libraries right there. I always keep a library. Yeah. So, of course, I'm a writer, but I love books. We're gonna. Do, I love it. We're gonna do. I'm gonna well. have to check out your books as well. And I'm thinking, hmm, I I could use some of uh, Jamar's help as well. So, well, that's another conversation. We're, we're right. We're we're right here. We can we we can we can. That's what we're supposed to be here for to bounce ideas off each other so we can grow. Um, there you yeah, go. Went over the trillion dollar coach. So that's that's a phenomenal book, and I thought it would be good for the, uh, for us to read about trillion dollar coach. I mean, this guy was a coach, one of the coaches for Apple in the old days, and out of those Silicon Valley businesses that we marvel over he since passed away but um the trillion dollar coach was a great book and i think it'd be good for us to go ahead and touch up touch on that as coaches ourselves excellent al i am looking forward to it so before we head out if our listeners would like to learn more about you and your work where should we send them to first jhaleem.com or they can look at look up jhaleem you can just put google jhaleem and i'll come up but jhaleem.com i'm on every social media platform coach jhaleem okay very good well we'll provide the backlinks to the website the social sites we'll have backlinks to the uh to the books and really give folks a, a especially young entrepreneurs of this need need that help that be a part of the team and that, that spark to get started Hopefully, uh, we'll get some folks uh, sent your way. And it's been a great exposure today. I love it. Definitely, definitely. Look forward to doing it the next time, too. But I'm glad I was the first. That was ex That's exciting. That's exciting. Let's get this ball rolling. Let's get everybody else in there. I agree. I, I'm having a conversation, I think, next week with uh, from the mark on the marketing uh, 
team mm-hmm. who's involved with the chapter. It's like, okay, if we're going to do some podcasting, we got to talk about it now. Because if it's not in my calendar, it doesn't, it doesn't happen. So oh, we got to make that happen. Yeah, we got to make that happen. We got to take care of our own. So I'm, I'm a big time believer of that. So everybody should give you an opportunity to interview them. And they're hearing this is being recorded. So I'm saying everybody, come on, give them an opportunity to interview. This is a good way for everybody to get to know each other, too. I think it'd be great. I think you're, you're spot on, spot on. Well, Jamar, thank you again. And it's been great to you know, spend this time with you to learn more about you and your background, your work and your passion. And really, I'm excited uh, where you're going to go and tomorrow, the next day, next year. And then I get to join you because we're peers and join you on part of this journey. So thank you so much. Likewise. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate you. All right. Listen, stay in the line. We're going to do a real quick close and you and I can have a final chat. All right, folks, we've just been chatting with Jamar Washington, motivational speaker, lifestyle coach, corporate trainer, best-selling author, four books, and the founder of the I Won't Starve Academy. Jamar and I are also peers with the Southern Nevada chapter of the International Coach Federation. That's how we met. And I just think I love hearing the stories of how coaches, what was that aha moment, that spark, that that brought them into this profession. And I also love how they are helping their ideal clients and the community and definitely some great examples of how uh, Jamar is putting this into practice, especially with the I Won't Starve Academy and his partnerships, the strategic partnerships with businesses, government entities, and how he's making this all happen. He's making a difference in the community communities for which he serves. So we really appreciate it. Now do go out to his website, jhalim.com. Again, we'll provide those backlinks in our show notes, as well as the links to all of the social sites. Now, as for us, you can find us on our website, successinsightpodcast.com. We're also on our uh, Success Insight Podcast pages on LinkedIn and uh, Facebook. Uh, We have a YouTube page and uh, the episodes are also on my coaching website. They're actually getting loaded as we speak, foxcoaching.com. You can look up in the uh, the toolbar next to book an appointment uh, for podcast. And uh, this podcast, as well as my outdoor adventure podcast, all of the episodes are there and you'll see this episode with Jamar there as well. And again, all the podcast directories, uh, wherever you get your podcast from, just search for success insight podcast. Now uh, we like likes, comments, and sharing. It's a great episode uh, that you are sure to share with your colleagues, family, and friends, or any other episode, you know, let us know what you think. Okay, folks, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, go out there, have a phenomenal day, and we will see you on a future episode of the Success Insight Podcast. Take care now.